0: Are back. Mm. Uh, so, Tim, um, I think the, the big question is, do we even discuss the latest Hollywood sexual assault allegations against somebody, or will it be outdated 48 hours from now? There
1: will be six more sexual assaults in by then. Yeah. Uh, um, this is crazy, right? It really is, and of course we're talking about Louis. Louis yeah, C.K. like
0: literally yesterday I was on uh I was interviewed for local television here to talk about Kevin Spacey being replaced in, in Ridley Scott's All the Money in the World by Christopher Plummer. And uh I I go in this morning to film week thinking that I'm that I'm gonna be talking about the same thing and the Louis C. K. stuff broke. And it's like you can't you can't even go through a twenty four hour news cycle without uh Something new happening—it's crazy. One
1: of one of the things uh, that came up in the little thing that I was doing is is where this all began, and I heard you talking about it on the radio yeah. today. You started with Fetty Arbuckle, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Chaplin and Bounced over the Charlie Chaplin Both of Not exactly the same Yeah Any of these things No These are yeah. all complicated Yeah uh, Things that have their own Some of them were crimes Some of them weren't crimes With just behavior Some of them had yeah. trials associated Some of them didn't Yeah Et cetera, et cetera We move up We get to Roman Polanski I, I, I skipped a whole bunch of stuff there, yeah. But that's oh, okay Yeah.
0: yeah
1: uh, uh Some people would want to include Woody Allen on that list uh, You know I'm going to include yeah. Bill Cosby on that yeah. list Yeah, yeah uh and uh and then we roll on uh, into the present day and i think i was I, I i was telling you a lot of names not on this list that mm-hmm. surprised me yeah. i don't want to besmirch them no, by mentioning them now but they're not on the list and and um i don't know look i'll I, I put it this way there are a lot of men who were known to be ladies men yes. all through the 60s 70s you yeah. know into the 80s some of them you know, you, you, the oh, all yeah. in the tabloids, all the kind of stuff. None of those men on any of these lists that we're none. talking about, which strikes me as extremely interesting. The the ones we all, you know, you yeah. know, he's doing. Yeah. none of them are on the list of having no. attacked
0: anyone. No, I, I don't know what this means. I don't either. But it's it is uh, it's far from over, and it's just going to keep on being a part of our news cycle. And I keep saying to people, you know, focus on the changes. Yeah, you want you know you want justice served, but focus on the changes going forward. Yeah, that's that's what'll be the real litmus test. Is if Hollywood institutes institutional change that says here's what we're going to do to make sure that this doesn't ever happen again. We're going to you know these there are going to be these penalties and these guarantees. And you know we hear gonna, Kathleen Kennedy talking about yeah, and uh, she's and she's got a very good idea for you know kind of a commission that will sort of oversee these things and. Um, you know, as long as that commission doesn't become a Gestapo, I think we're okay. If uh, if people start paying set visits and interfering with the making of movies and interviewing people, and uh, you know, then then you could get into a little bit of a kind of a micromanaged I, so I got, police I got, state. I got,
1: I got a problem with it. I got a yeah. problem with that. It needs to work the other way around. It shouldn't yeah. be about. Uh, a group of people designated as morality police no. of some sort.
0: Then we become Iran.
1: Exactly. It yeah. should be about uh, a place where people can go. Human resources. You know, Yeah. where results, where things
0: will come to what they say. And, my, you know, my wife, who who deals with a lot of this stuff and has dealt with a lot of it, uh, used to be a, a consultant for a completion guarantor for bond company. You know, that was... Her job bond companies are have the responsibility of making sure that you know the ship is run, ways it's run tight, ship and trains run on time, yeah, and money all that don't stuff. get lost. That's what that's it. Mm-hmm. And they can take a movie over at the box office, and anyway. they, can ta- they can take a movie over if, if things go south. And and uh, she said, you know what, you when you have uh, kids on set, you got to have a welfare officer, and that's just that's the law to make sure that the kids are taken care of. It. And if you have to have a welfare officer for the adults. You have to babysit the adults, and uh, then so be it. But uh, there's no reason why, you know, that, that structure already exists for minors. No reason why it shouldn't be uh, adaptable to adults.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And it's true. It's a shame. It's a crying shame. But, but, but...
1: apparently necessary. Look, the Louis C.K. thing, um, bit of a punch uh, there. Uh, I had heard this, that, and the other. Ironically, Gawker ran a unnamed right. piece but everybody knew they, who they yeah. were talking about. You know, yep. back 2012, 2011, 12, 13, something like that. Uh, so again, uh, open secret. We're in open yeah. secret territory again. So I think that's really what we're, we're going to have to cut it out with these goddamn open secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut it out. And, 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 and perhaps even
0: literally say to each other occasionally, hey, man.
1: Did you hear about? Yeah, yeah, I did hear about
0: that. What, yeah. And and you know the, what what has constrained that has obviously been a lot of things, mostly fear, fear of litigation, fear of damaging your career, fear of uh, damaging relationships, uh, and 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 very legitimately, I think, fear of false accusations. Nobody wants to be the person that spread a rumor. That destroyed somebody's career wrongfully, just because somebody else was spiteful. Yeah, and that happens too, you know. So yeah. I mean, all these all these factors have to sort of be considered. But I think it's it, it is a net unbelievable, pot, off the chart positive that uh, we're talking about it, and uh, that the, everybody kind of feels empowered to move forward. So it's a it's a new world, you know. I keep thinking too the opportunity cost of the talent that did not move forward. When mm. you think about it, I mean. Uh, forget for now about the people who actually did exploit all these avenues and these these power structures to further their careers, but how many really good people did we lose? How many mm. really good careers did we not get uh, because people just refused to play the game? That yeah. makes me sad. Stepped out of the business because, you know what, I just don't
1: want to be It's not worth it. Every day. It, just, it. Again, men and women, you know, yeah, uh, who, yeah, didn't want to play the game. Yeah, Yeah, it hurts yeah. us all
0: well. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to talk about fun things. We've got a lot of movies. We've got television. We've got movies. We've got classics, some amazing criterions. We have a Vox Box. <laughs> Remember, you can always uh, send us your Vox Boxes at gods at digigods.com, gods at digigods.com. That will continue to be our uh, go-to main email until uh, everything completely switches over to CineGods. Still making some tweaks on the CineGods site. Please visit it, cinegods.com. It will continue to change. It has been soft-launched. Uh, we haven't made a full announced hard launch lit yet. We got a few changes and a few other little bits and pieces that have to get integrated, a newsletter and some other things, but we are on our way. So, uh, cinegods.com, visit the page. Also, uh, check out the cinegods page on Facebook. Please join and follow, and, uh, that'll, that'll give you access to all the, uh, all the good stuff in your feed. And, uh, email us at, di- at gods at digigods.com with either an email or a, uh, VoxBox. We still do Vox boxes. looking for them and uh that said uh it's starting to be award season for us yeah which means that next week next week will be our uh, the week of thanksgiving it's an early thanksgiving and black friday this year that's going to be the week of our our big uh holiday show so we're gonna do our holiday show and gift guide on that week and then uh we are not gonna be back until closer to mid-december we're gonna go on hiatus for a moment because the L.A. film critics vote on December 3rd, which means you and I are, yeah. are not going to have time no. for anything. But <laughs> no, nothing, nothing, nothing but, the, nothing but the movies of the moment.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a uh,
0: while. it's a uh, the, the screener bomb that hit yesterday was pretty intense, wasn't it? The last couple of days.
1: Yeah, uh, it's like
0: twenty movies in two days. You know, and and, and, and um, uh, it's it's
1: it's, it's an nice odd thing. We talked about this a little bit too. Yeah, you know. So so here we we work our way through the year, and the, these movies did pop up. And yeah, I mean, Detroit was one of them. You know. Yeah, and and you know, I thought we'd be talking about that around about now. Not 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 so much. Isn't you that know? amazing? Hey, how things a, you know. Things just drop on and just off. Like, I, I, even feel
0: like, I even feel like, I mean, it's not going to, but I even feel like Dunkirk has dropped a few notches. That
1: cinematography not. is yeah. the only one that I can think of. Yeah. You know, the, the, that new kid, that little pop singer kid was yeah. pretty good in the movie, but his role isn't big enough.
0: Yeah. Nobody
1: in that movie has a no. role that's big enough no. uh, to, 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 you know, to give them the gravitas to, yeah. to get, you know, supporting this, that, or the other thing. Yeah. It's all of, uh, and, the, and the movie doesn't really have any leads. Not yeah. really, no. to, to my mind. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, uh, so, so that's all gone. Uh, so, what, what do you got? You got a good-looking movie with a nice score.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but I don't think that's what they were planning on. Uh, no, <laughs> I think they no. were planning on walking down that aisle a few times. You got that Mark Felt movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, which you know, again, not a whole lot of people talk. Liam Neeson's pretty good in that movie, but it's such a it's such a tight performance, and the movie is so slow, and it's 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 it, you know, it look, it's no all, all the president's men. Uh, but I think I think they thought we were going to be talking about them around about now. We're, we're going to be talking about Wind River here today.
0: Yeah, and and you know it's funny because we have to remember you know last year when all the conversation early on in the year all the conversation was about uh, about uh, Birth of a Nation. Yeah, and that was it won Sundance right. It got the biggest ever deal ever it at really Sundance. Right. It it took all the top awards. It was a big deal, and that was supposed to be the odds on Oscar favorite. You even may remember I said that that would that would get uh, director, producer, actor, and screenplay nominations, and um, it, it, and then the whole that was kind yeah. of on the front end of the sexual assault thing, and um, suddenly Moonlight came out of nowhere. Yeah. Which was an easy replace. It was. you know, another yeah. black director, another yeah. sort of
1: indie-ish sort of film with a great story behind it. It was very easy to just
0: let Moonlight slide. And Moonlight really did, I mean, that's A24's first Best Picture winner. Yeah. And uh, A24 has really kind of turned it on. That's an amazing company. They've uh, they've spent a number of years really heavily investing in a very particular kind of profile and really branding themselves and I can't I can't fault them man they done a, they did a great job yeah well let's let's carry on uh, should we hit some music first I guess that we
1: shall uh, let me see I got a couple I got a couple over here that I want to talk about Sting uh, live uh, at the Olympia in Paris uh, first of all it's Sting. Uh, who's still playing that Fender Jazzman bass, by the way, which <laughs> blows me he's away. He's just, you know, what
0: he doesn't feel like he has anything left to prove
1: anymore. No, you know, well, you, just,
0: you, the thing about Sting, uh, love,
1: love, love Sting, love the Police, all that kind of stuff, and a lot of those songs from the Police are on, are on this record, by the way, Synchronicity 2 and all that kind of stuff are here, as well as some songs from all like the uh, his early um, solo stuff from the early '80s uh, uh, make it onto this, uh, into this concert, uh, as well as some newer things. Um, And and that's what I love about it. In in listening to this and watching this great performance, what really comes home is what a great songwriter Sting is. Right. He's just a wonderful songwriter. Yeah. I'm watching this show, this concert, and listening to these things. I'm thinking to myself, almost anybody uh, who's talented could perform these songs. And you'd have hit songs, because they're just these beautifully written songs, so deeply heartfelt and moving. And then, of course, he's Sting. You know, he's a performer. He has that voice, and he plays that bass, and it's fantastic. This is very neat. Uh, A lot of special guests here, including uh, uh, Joe Sumner uh, and uh, the Bandoleros and uh, and, and others. It's a neat uh, Blu-ray. Not a whole lot of special uh, stuff on it, but, you know, you put it in, uh, you turn it on, you watch the concert, you have a good time. Sting at the Olympia in Paris. Uh, is that, and I have beside Bowie, uh, the Mick Ronson story, uh, uh, two disc Blu-ray uh, DVD. Uh, anyway, uh, did we lose Bowie this year? Or was that we, last year? That was last, late, late
0: last year. Uh, yeah, it was like maybe oh boy, early last year. Was it early last I year? I think it was early last year. Wow, man, they're going the back. Depra- I know. Now. Uh, Anyway, uh, um,
1: um, uh, uh, so this is a really, really great thing. All of the sort of early 1970s guitar players uh, uh, come out and they just uh, laud uh, uh, David Bowie. They just uh, talk about uh, how profound an influence Bowie was on them. Fantastic. uh, Which is sort of a fantastic thing. I'm a big, big Bowie fan, so this is easy breezy for me. I'm taking a look at this to see if there's anything else on here. Uh, there's a voiceover by David Bowie, which is fantastic. So you know we get to hear David Bowie's uh, voice one more time, featuring uh, uh, access to archives never seen before, bonus interviews, uh, footage with Angie Bowie, uh, Rick Wakeman, Glenn Macklock, Cherry Vanilla, and Ian Hunter, and a whole bunch of other like Rick, really subtle... Rick
0: Wakeman, one of the great all-time keyboardists. That uh, I, you know I went to high school with some keyboardists too. That was that was their god at the time. <laughs> so I, I heard all about Rick Wakeman for a long time
1: uh... let's see if i got i got one more here i'm gonna talk about hans zimmer uh... live in prague um, uh... includes the music from gladiator and uh, uh... the dark knight trilogy and the lion king and inception and the nino Steller and the Da vinci code and the empires of the caribbean man you forget uh... how hans zimmer has been out there really cranking it out for a very very long time uh... this is the live performances of uh... some of the music from, the, from some of the major motion pictures that he has uh composed for including uh the main theme from Rain Man
0: which, which is, just, is still, yeah, which is
1: still really great yeah. and memorable yeah you know so fantastic stuff um here uh so check this out uh, again if you love the music of Hans Zimmer live in Prague Performed live is actually pretty extraordinary too
0: and then we have a uh, an interesting box set this is primarily CDs at least it's this you know it's shaped like a CD set so you would uh, you'd miss the chance that you'd miss that it's actually uh two DVDs and, uh, and three CDs. But it's the same thing. It's the Richard Thompson Band, which I had never heard of before. Don't know that name. Yeah, uh, it's fine. You know, I mean, it's it's not not my thing, but it's okay. Uh, it, it, I wouldn't recommend people, like, run out and discover Richard Thompson like your life's been empty. But uh, if you are a fan of the Richard Thompson Band, you'll get a, a kick out of this. This is uh, Live at Rock Palast, part of the, the Rock Palast series. And uh, the entire concert is here on five discs, uh, two DVDs, and three CDs, and it's perfectly, it's all, you know, laid out perfect in exactly the same order and the same, uh, basically the same tracks, so uh, you can pop the DVDs in and watch it live on your television, or you can, you know, take the CDs and burn them and listen to them, whatever it is, and so it gives you the concert in a, uh, in a complete context, so that's very nice. Neap. And uh, let me let me kick through some anime here real quickly. I'm going to do the anime in chunks today, because we got a lot of it. There's a lot of anime that's kind of backed up. Got some two-volume stuff here. Volumes one and two of uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena, the Black Rose Saga, and the Student Council Saga. Uh, you know, the uh, Revolutionary Girl thing, I uh, think, is kind of going to get a second wind here. With all of our our girl power uh, in the news at the moment, and um, I I think that's you know that's appropriate for anime. Uh, never been one of my favorite animes, but uh, you know it's 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 got a it's got a certain style and a certain look. Uh, we also have a couple of Gundams. We've got Mobile Suit Gundam uh, collection, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing W. Uh, Collection 1 and Collection 2. The the mobile Suit Gundam thing, I mean, I love the whole concept of Gundam. I love the whole world of Gundam. Uh, But it is a massive world, and it is a massive mythology, and uh, there's a lot of backstory to it, and it's very easy to get lost in it. It's just become so sprawling and so all-encompassing. I can't exactly recommend this as uh, from a story standpoint and say, oh, it's a great story because you need to read, like, uh, 800 pages and watch probably 5,000 hours of other Gundam to even know <laughs> where you are in this world. It, it, really, it's, it's, it's really just it's so all-encompassing. But that said, it's some of the best artwork you'll ever see in anime, and uh, it's really, really cool. So that's Mobile Suit Gundam Wing W Collections 1 and 2 i got a thing here I'd never heard of before, which is Danganronpa, Danganronpa 3, the the end of Hope's Peak High School, and the two volumes are Future Arc and Despair Arc. Uh, These are Blu-ray and DVD combo sets. Uh, That's Danganronpa, D-A-N-G-A-N-R-O-N-P-A. Uh, I feel like I, you know, I didn't, I didn't have time to do a whole lot of uh, investigation into this, so I listened to some of the episode commentaries, and uh, it, 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 clearly, it is definitely its own very, very uh, complicated mythology. Like so many of these things, it's, it's high school oriented. A lot of Japanese anime is, is uh, deals with high school politics, except here, it, you know, takes a dive into the supernatural, and uh, it, it gets, it gets pretty intense Um, so you know if you want something that's a little bit sort of uh, like you know high school D&D except crossed with espionage and I don't know actual uh, (laughs) D&D Danganronpa is uh, is not a bad way to go got a couple of uh, Naruto titles as well Naruto Shippuden the movie which is four movies total the original movie Uh, Bonds, The Will of Fire, and uh, The Lost Tower. This is also known as the Rasengan Collection. Uh, All of these have been released before, and uh, this comes with just a few trailers, opening and ending songs and uh, art galleries and trailers, things like that. And uh, then what's really cool uh, is uh, Boruto, Naruto the Movie, which is also a uh, Blu-ray and DVD combo pack, and this is kind of extending the story of uh, Naruto Shippuden, this is the the next generation of it, and um, I won't get you into all the stuff because it is you know it's just it's 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 a world unto itself like all the rest of this stuff, but um, it takes it a nice extra step, and I'm not really intensely aware of uh, the whole wor- the, the the Naruto world in all of its intricate glory, but uh, that was you know I I was able to kind of follow this a little bit, and uh, it was sufficiently enjoyable, so there it is. All right, Tim,
1: let's... Uh... We're going to do some new movies? Let's do some new movies. Uh, I'm going to start with Ingrid, Ingrid Goes West. Okay. I have this ridiculous crush on Audrey Plaza. Um, I really should get over myself. <laughs> uh, I have shoes older than her. Uh, nevertheless, I have this crush on her. She's fantastic. She's just, um, you know, uh, of course, she's in um, uh, the, the um, uh, legend, Legion. Yeah. Yeah uh and, and uh, her work in that series is just extraordinary. Uh you know, she played well, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but she's fantastic in the series, uh, when you see it. And this is a neat little movie that she did with Elizabeth Ocean and Ose Jackson. Ocean, we of course yeah. is Ice Cube's boy, right. who was in uh straight out of Compton. Uh he's very good in this movie. So is she. Uh it's just a dark, dark, dark comedy. It's it's hysterically, hysterically funny to me. Uh, it's about this young woman with with, with with a bit of a past, and she, anyway, it, it, she goes on this thing. It's it's absolutely dazzling. It's really really funny. Plus, she's blonde in it uh, for a while, <laughs> which is just you know another another notch on on, on uh, my crush thing for her. Deleted scenes and director's commentary are what we have on this
0: Blu-ray DVD. I'm going to guess that this Ingrid Goes West has nothing to do with the Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin Ingrid no. Goes West. No. Nothing. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. No, you couldn't.
1: The rating on this is a... Ho- no.
0: Uh, the uh, Antonio Banderas stars in Gunshy, which has the greatest tagline ever, rock out with your Glock out. Um... <laughs> You know, when this poster first broke, I looked at the co- I looked at this picture, the one I'm talking about here, where he's walking along with the long hair and, yeah. the, and the and the gun and the uh, guitar case and the very, expl- this
1: very middle '90s kind
0: explosion of. behind him. And I thought this had better be some kind of a comical riff on El Mariachi, yeah, because otherwise this this can't be serious. This just looks too ridiculous. And fortunately, it is a complete and total comedy. Uh, which, thank goodness, somebody actually recognized that this had to be a comedy. Uh, directed by Simon West, oh. who we may remember was an A-list director for a minute when he did uh, uh, Con Air. Con that Air, sure, yeah. Con Air was the big breakthrough, his Brockheimer Simpson thing, and then he also went on to do uh, the uh, the um, video, video game uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Oh,
1: the Tomb Raider movie, yeah. The uh, he did the Angelina first Julley Angelina Jolie
0: Tomb Raider movie. So uh, anyway, so Simon West, he's no slouch. You know, he's a, he's a little bit of an action film hack, but he's no slouch. He can he can put a movie together. And so here's the idea of the story. So Antonio Banderas is a fading, long-lost, fattened-up, fattened 80s <laughs> hairband rock star uh, who wants you to believe he's English. And he and the, that's the running joke in the movie. It's, uh I don't speak Spanish. I am English. I don't speak Spanish. I am English. Over and over they say that. And I think by like the 19th time, you kind of chuckle because by then you're just worn down. Yeah. You're like, okay, it's not funny, but I'm going to laugh because you keep doing it uh Anyway, so his wife is Olga Kurilenko, who is you know a, a hot model as she is in real life and uh, for some reason that doesn't really make sense because he's so disconnected from his previous life and wants his career back and he's still trying to get back in the game. they go down, go down to Chile uh, and uh, oh here's the big funny thing. he goes down to Chile and they don't understand why no, why, why the hotel is empty because they go down for a summer vacation and he finds out it's It's winter. Winter, Oh, uh, that's so funny. That's hysterical. Uh, Anyway, uh, she gets kidnapped by uh, gorillas, (laughs) and he wants to pay the ransom, but then there's a a renegade CIA agent who thinks that that's giving money to terrorists and decides to target him instead of targeting the terrorists to prevent him from giving the ransom to the terrorists. Anyway, it gets very wacky and farcical and silly, and... uh, The thing that I said on Film Week is this is one of those movies where somebody will be holding a grenade and the pin has been pulled and they look at the grenade and go, "Uh uh-oh, and then it goes off. That's this kind of movie. Uh, Just north of a cartoon, a cartoon with humans. Just north of a cartoon. It's ridiculous. It's really stupid. But for some dumb reason, it's kind of funny. And uh, I wouldn't recommend anyone own this, but, you know. It's just stupid enough to be enjoyable if you got some time to kill. And that's gun-shy, rock out with your Glock
1: out. Yeah, I do love that tagline, though. It is good. That's the kind of thing I would have wrote back in the day, actually. (laughs) Wind River uh, is uh, another movie that we're not talking about so much now uh, as we go into award seasons. But I'm pretty sure these filmmakers thought we would be uh, Jeremy Renner, Elizabeth Olsen's film. Uh, Taylor Sheraton, directing Taylor Sheraton, of course, from Helen Highwater. Yeah, yeah, you know, last year, year. You know, big breakout film. Taylor, of course, is an actor. If you look up Taylor and look up his IMDb, yeah. uh, you've been watching Taylor and, and still can. He still acts. He's, you know, Taylor hasn't given up the, his his, uh, his his day job yep. uh, uh, acting, so he's out there uh, doing his thing. This is a very powerful movie. It was a bit dark and... Um, I don't know. It it, it 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 it. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, this is a movie about uh, horrible things that happen to young women, and in this particular instance, it's young Native American women. Uh, uh, Jeremy Renner is the sort of tracker hunter guy who mostly yeah. goes out shooting wolves and things like that to uh, to keep them from eating the oil rig workers who are working <laughs> on these oil rigs yeah. out in the middle of the hinterlands. Right. You know, a body is found. Uh, A young, uh, unprepared FBI agent played by Elizabeth Olsen comes in to sort of figure out what the hell went down. Uh, She's literally unprepared. She arrives on the scene. It's like 25 degrees below zero in the middle of a blizzard, and she's wearing, like, one of those blue FBI uh, windbreakers. Yeah. (laughs) You know, without a hat and no gloves. Um, So... You know, the, the sort of uh, uh, yeah, unpreparedness of her is, is, is reflected in that moment. And she and he have to figure out, you know, what happened Crazy. to the young Indian girl. Now, the young Native American girl. Uh, um, what's going on in this movie is actually very, uh, it's is, is, is very sort of heartfelt and meant to be very supportive of the Native American community, right? Uh, the, that's what Taylor does. You know, he's, he's, I, I like that about him a yeah. lot. But in order to do that, he has to do some really horrible things to young Native American women. Uh, in order to create uh, the the yeah, empathy, yeah, yeah, and and I gotta tell you that, that it's I'm having a harder and harder time getting through what you have to do in order to tell me the story that I, and I know you have this good intention, yeah, but it, yeah, it's a bit of a burn for me. Anyway, that's one of the reasons that I, I think we're not talking about this movie as much as we might have been. It's actually a very good movie. Good performances from Elizabeth Olsen. Puts you through some difficult yeah. difficult paces. Yeah. And and, yeah. and, and well-made film. It's a very, very strong movie from Taylor Sheraton. Uh, Wind River uh, here. We've got the deleted scenes and some behind-the-scenes stuff, but not a whole lot more. Uh, Blu-ray and uh, uh, digital HD.
0: So uh, Disney's also released Cars 3 in 4K Ultra HD. And look, 4K, man, you, you, you take that Pixar animation that has never been put. It's never seen a camera. It's never seen a lens. It's never seen a strip of celluloid. It's just pure resolution. And you pump that thing onto a 4K Ultra HD disc with uh, uh, HDR. And it, this thing is amazing. Uh it it looks gorgeous. It is spectacular. these the audio is not to be believed. It is phenomenal. And yep, yeah, you you get the uh you know the the uh, the digital copy version of this that you can watch on iTunes and everything else. It's now part of the Movies Anywhere thing, which we're going to talk about more in the future. Everybody's Movies Anywhere now. Remember, there's no more Ultraviolet Disney and Ultraviolet. We are all merged. We're all Movies Anywhere now. So it's gorgeous and it's absolutely spectacular and the movie's no good. Yeah. And here's the thing that's really frustrating. We go to Disneyland a lot because I have a four-year-old. So we have one more year to to use these annual passes and to really just pump her full of Disneyland before, you know, school takes over and that becomes history. Yeah. But we, Cars Land in California Adventure is pretty amazing. It's designed to be just like the street and all the businesses, and you feel like you walked right into Cars. And there's a charm to it because the whole point was – here is Lightning McQueen, yeah. fish out of water, big city, fast car who wanders into this sweet little forgotten town, and it's that thing that you know we see in in grown up movies all the time. Somebody walks into a small town. A lot of faith based cinema does this, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're the you're the hard playing, fast playing ball player, or you're some kind of rock star, and you wind up in a small town and you rediscover your roots. That's what this, that's what Cars was all about. Cars two, and even more so, Cars three is everything but that. And it's just, it, it misses its charm and just bringing them back as like his posse to sort of help him be faster and bigger and better. It's like it's like uh, babe pig in the city yeah. the sequel you know well, well
1: the 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 effect is the other way
0: around it's just he work.
1: acidifying them, yeah, as opposed to them getting so it's like you no know, it's,
0: it's just not it's just not, not, just not, not working, work. it's just too much too racingy anyway, loaded with extras uh a re- Lou is the short that accompanies this, which is terrific, which is really, really sweet, uh and then a bunch of featurettes and uh you know it's uh, it's fun stuff, but. It's just not the movie that it needs
1: to be. Uh, uh, What what what's the deal with the two different atomic blondes that I'm looking oh, at? Oh, they
0: sent us uh they sent us both 4K and Blu-ray. Uh, uh okay. Yeah, just everything on here is is essentially the same. Uh the uh the, the, all except for basically the audio, but the extras are all the all the same. There's deleted scenes and uh some featurettes and how do you
1: say his last Stuff name? on
0: Berlin. Huh?
1: How do you say his last name? The director, David
0: Oh, the, uh, the director of this film David is, is uh, uh, David Leitch, Is it I Leitch?
1: Think. I I think think I've been it's... saying it wrong. I've been saying Lech. I think it's Leitch. Leitch, okay, which is I better. So. I hate it saying, <laughs> particularly nowadays, yeah, Leitch. Yeah, I think it's um, Leitch. Anyway. So Leitch, okay, who I like a lot uh, as a director. He's a stunt coordinator
0: basically yeah, you've like, been
1: watching him for 20 years you just yeah. didn't know it, it a yeah. lot of times when you look at Brad Pitt you were
0: looking at David and this is the only kind of movie he should be allowed to direct yeah just to keep, be it, keep, uh, keep it moving
1: and uh, he you know that's uh, that's what he does and he does it well who yeah. was it? Hal Needham Hal Needham was a yeah, stunt, stunt guy Hal Needham was a stunt guy Back yep. And, yep. Uh, and Clint uh, yep. you know figured out hey yeah if it's got some shit blowing up in it let Hal direct it yeah and
0: Burt Reynolds Atomic Blonde is <clears throat> well okay so how did how'd you feel about Atomic Blonde
1: uh, I thought that the action. I, I like this. I like the fact that it was set in the 80s because it gave us a, yeah. a great soundtrack, so it saved itself with that. and Plus, yeah. it saved itself by getting rid of a lot of stuff that we'd have to deal with now. And the Cold War stuff. So, and that is, Cold, Cold yeah. War kind of, you know, worked. But, you know, um, I don't know, whatever. Fair
0: Midland. I mean, Charlize Theron plays, you know, a, a just complete kickass ass uh, female spy who, you know, goes toe to toe to. I won't. It's hard to give not give away the plot. So she's got to go doesn't into actually
1: make any sense. So doesn't it make doesn't. any difference. <laughs> she's got to.
0: She's on a mission into the into into the east, and James McAvoy is her contact. And uh, there's a whole thing that she's got to do. And you're flashing back from a moment. That's that suggests, the problem of the movie. Is that, that suggests we're working something went backwards. wrong? Yeah, yeah.
1: And we're in this flashback with her,
0: and uh, really, none of it makes sense. None of it hangs together. It's all and 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 it's a peeve of mine. That movies that are totally illogical can be predictable because we've seen so many other illogical movies just like them mm. that we know the tricks that illogical movies do. And this is one of them. It makes no sense. But the action is intense. Mm-hmm. He pulls it Beautiful out. Beautiful fights he, he pulls out the stops. That yeah. continuous camera work in the staircase where she's just.
1: Almost old boy. Not quite old boy,
0: but almost old boy. It's, right. it's, it's like 70% old boy. And
1: she's not invincible and she can get oh. hurt. In, I like that about I, 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 about the way she plays it. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. Some of these guys can beat her. Yeah. Uh, so she cheats, and I like that too. I L- do that, too. And the, so you know that's that's bright.
0: We've also got Limehouse Golem. Uh, Limehouse Golem is a movie that should be a lot better than it actually is. Uh, I, I'm so upset that I didn't like this more because I love Bill Nye and I love Olivia Cook. I love Olivia Cook. I think they they're both great. Uh, this is uh, in that kind of Sherlock Holmesy. Ah, uh, Jack the Rippery Gothic period of London, and there's a serial killer on the loose. And Olivia Cook plays this young actress, and uh, she is—I'm not going to tell you how she's involved in all of this, but the, she's sort of in the mix with the, the the victims of this serial killer. And then you've also got uh, Bill Nye, who is the very Sherlock Holmesy inspector who is, has fallen a little bit from grace because he, he made some mistakes and he's the one who is now charged with trying to, to solve this case as a bit of a trap because they think he's going to screw himself up. So anyway, it, it, there's all of this stuff sounds really interesting except for the fact that it just doesn't hang together. Really high production value, uh, but then the plot twists start coming and none of it makes any sense. And it sort of aspires a little bit to M, I think, as well. Mm. But uh, I just wish it were better. Produced by Stephen Woolley, who of course did many fine games, uh, many fine uh, movies like the uh, The Crying Game, stuff with Neil Jordan. Uh, Stephen Woolley knows how to make a movie really, really sing. But uh, I just uh, it just doesn't hang together. The script isn't there. The Limehouse Golem, great actors. I wish the movie were better. Uh it happens sometimes. Patty Cakes was a neat little indie that came out earlier this year that I thought we'd be that talking also, about a little bit more. Too. That also did well at Sundance. You know, um,
1: yeah. uh, you know, Sundance has been murdering movies for about ten years now. You know that,
0: right? I, yes, it has. It's
1: you been know, a curse. You know, I I know all kinds of people. I'm going to put my movie in Sundance. I'm like, no. you don't want you, you want no. it to fail, do you? No. Um, uh, but you know, Blue Valentine. I mean, we can go back for a ways. Oh um, yeah, Blue not Valentine. Not that the movies right. weren't okay. But something about them getting whatever you yeah. get when you come out of Sundance. Audiences didn't want to go see them. Uh, uh, anyway, in any case, uh, Patty Cakes is one of those. Sundance, South by Southwest. Uh, you, you know, you that con and all that kind of stuff, too. Neat movie, I thought. It's about this young Jersey girl. Uh, her name is Patricia Dombrowski, and she's a, she's a rapper, a rap artist. And she goes by the name Killer P, which I think is just awesome. Uh, and in the, in what I like about this movie uh, aside from the sort of iconoclastic nature of it, uh, even the way it's sort of put together, the characters are in it. Is that she's really good? You know, it isn't one of those things where you have a a a a, a young artist who's delusional about themselves, and, and 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 we're waiting for the world to to wake them up and give them a smack and say that you're no good at this. No, she's good, and she ought to make it. What she looks like isn't exactly right. Uh, you know, the fact that she's a white girl from Jersey isn't exactly right, but. But I, I don't know what the movie sort of like just lets her plow through all of that. So anyway, it's, it's just a great underdog story that I really liked a lot. Uh, this is the Blu-ray DVD, and we have got uh, the director's commentary and the music video and the lyric video and I'm making the music video uh,
0: and a few little things like that. Yeah, you know. I think stuff. this may make a resurrection for awards season. You they know, really if,
1: if people talk about it a little bit yeah. and re- remember it, it's, it's yeah. kind of neat movie
0: uh the journey is uh with timothy spall and colm Meany um is uh is actually a, a quite an interesting film uh this is uh mm-hmm. I, I had some it, issues with it it's i mean it's it's not a great movie but i like it because it dramatizes a piece of history that mm-hmm. i was not sufficiently familiar with is, yeah. is is a thing and you know this deals with the uh the negotiation over the the northern ireland uh, issue and um i you know it when it brings it down to sort of a, a geopolitical level and you get some of the, you know you get this person to person on person uh, personal interplay very kind of frost Nixonie, uh, I kind of uh, I kind of got into that I uh, you know I don't know how close it is to the actual story that was the
1: thing that bugged me a little bit because they took liberties all kinds of crazy crazy yeah. liberties that are sort of insanely obvious as yeah. you're watching the but the notion of bringing this conflict down to the two central representatives on both sides that Reverend yeah. and call Me. These, yeah. these are the two guys and we're going to take we're going to take this uh, you know frankly uh, hundreds of years worth of animosity in history yeah. and we're going to put it in a van and we're going to let these two guys See if they can work it out. I like the notion. <laughs> yeah. I would almost have liked it better if it hadn't been about the yeah. actual thing.
0: But whatever. It's good. And good performances, too. Timothy was still a little thick when he was doing that. We saw him yeah. the other day. Yeah. Uh, Nick Ham directed. And uh, John Hurt shows up in here, too, which is wonderful, along with a grown-up mm-hmm. Freddie Highmore, which kind of freaks me out a little bit.
1: The late John Hurt.
0: Oh, so miss John Hurt terribly. And then uh, also real quickly, a movie called Indiscretion, uh, directed by John Stuart Muller. I knew nothing about this, uh, but it caught my attention only because Mira Sorvino's in it. And Mira Sorvino being one of the notorious Harvey victims yeah. who has come out. Damn make you drove sure that... her out of the business. Almost. See? Almost. almost. You know. So that's why I wanted to at least make a mention of this. Uh, Carrie Elwes is in this as well. But, you know, um, she's kind of had her career punched down a little bit. And it's worth it that we give Mira Sorvino some props and rediscover her because she is still an amazing actress and really should be doing a, doing much bigger films and better work. She really should be back on everybody's radar. Uh, she's just absolutely wonderful. Um, the the idea here is is uh, you know it's sort of a it, it's one of those in. Uh, uh, what well, it's like this would be would have been an Adrian Lyne movie twenty five years ago, oh, yeah. right? That's what it would have been, you know uh, the uh, the wages of infidelity and uh, all kind of wrapped up into a, into a sort of a, a contained thrillery mm-hmm. character piece, uh, you know, Fatal Attraction here. What was the other one with uh, oh, Richard Gere? Uh, he
1: did uh, uh, Richard
0: uh, oh. Gere into Me Moore and uh, Robert Redford. Uh, uh, uh,
1: Indecent Proposal. Proposal. There you go. Indecent, Indecent, Indecent proposal. proposal. He did yeah, a remake of Lolita too, Adrian. Yeah, which well, was this... actually Dominic Swain was good in that movie yeah, the movie went wasn't nowhere, good. But, uh, but you know
0: but, yes yeah. well anyway uh, so the uh, anyway it's called Indiscretion uh, there are better movies out there but you know give it a shot just because uh, Mir Sorvino is so good and, and, and really deserves your, your time and support yeah, we, it's funny how some
1: of these uh, folks still have come and go. Yeah. Amityville, uh, The Awakening, uh, I love how they put on this uh, from the producers of Split, M. Night's yeah. movie, of course, Get Out, jo- yeah. Jordan's movie, which we are talking about. Thank yes. you. Uh, and The Purge, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's like they're trying to sell you everything but this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like, So buy all of that. But anyway, this is actually okay. It's another one in, in, in the many Amityville movies. Um, a family uh, moves into the original Amityville house. Uh, so sick of that house. Tear it <laughs> so, down. Just, tear that just house knock, down. knock that thing down. But it's crazy. And uh, the idea here is that they have a... A son uh, uh, who's in a coma, and she's hoping that the dark powers of the house will be able to. Bella Thorne is in it. I don't. Know, Jennifer Jason Leigh. What the heck? You know, make a you make a horror movie every now and again. You get paid. It's okay. Blu-ray and DVD. This doesn't have a whole lot on it either. Special feature: The Making of
0: Amityville: The Awakening. That's it. If you have, if you've ever seen. Um... A movie about people on vacation—you would know that vacations are not something that you should have. Yeah. You just shouldn't even ever leave your house, never go on vacation, because unless it's a you know Chevy Chase vacation. But if you do, uh, you are likely to be uh, raped by hillbillies <laughs> or or uh, Richard Berryman in the hills with eyes will come after you and you know mm. be, and cannibalize you. Things just don't go well on vacation. So a movie about people on vacation called Killing Ground—I don't think I need to tell you what this is all about. Yeah uh these people they go for a weekend camping trip and uh uh oh is that a campsite it looks like someone used to be here but no (laughs) one is here anymore i wonder what's going on you know what people here's what's going on get the hell back in your car and go yeah leave now stop just don't don't even don't ask any more questions just leave stay the hell in the suburbs but they don't they don't and then they keep looking around and oh look There's a little kid. Something bad has happened to this kid. Hmm, Abandoned campground and a kid with no parents. I think we should stay and investigate because we are not police and we do (laughs) not have any weapons. And this cannot possibly go south. Honestly, I just want to beat these people with a hammer. Uh, Oh, that's pretty much what happens, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, anyway, uh, it's 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 exactly what you would expect. It's on Blu-ray and uh, DVD. From uh, IFC and uh, Scream Factory, it's called Killing Ground. It is effective, but gosh, these people are stupid.
1: Wow, 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 wow! What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh The Glass Castle. The uh, Brie Larson, Woody Harrelson, Naomi Watt, a great cast. Yeah. The movie didn't really quite work that well. This is from the director of uh, Short Term 12. Right. Which was the movie that sort of launched. Launched Brie Brie Larson. Which is a very good movie. Very Uh, good uh,
0: movie. the Troubled kids. Yeah, and uh, and, the school and these
1: teachers trying to take care of it. Almost almost verite, but not quite. Uh, In in any case, uh, despite the fact that this is fairly star-laden, it's... Really only an okay movie from the producers of The Shack and The Blind Side and a few of those movies. A young girl uh, with a sort of a, a wacky family, non-conformist family, uh, uh, who sort of just roam around the country. Her mother's like this, this artist, her father's uh, this alcoholic. Uh, and, you know, all of this sort of uh, nomad existence uh, inspires her imagination. Uh, but she hates living in freaking poverty <laughs> with her loser parents. Yeah. And that is the, that's, the, that's the sort of thing that's going on in the movie. Anyway, uh, again, this is one that I think we were meant to be talking ar- about around this yeah. time. It's interesting to True. note these as we, as we ref- reflect back on them. And that's the reason why this thing has this all-star cast in it. Uh, nevertheless, um, special features. Uh, deleted scenes, uh, a memoir, a conversation with Jeanette Walls, who is the woman whom the movie is about, who wrote the memoir uh, that the movie is about. Um, uh, because it's about her life and actually what happened to yep. her in her life, which is sort of interesting. But, you know, nevertheless, just didn't quite uh, have the stick-to-itiveness to hang in there for me. Uh, nevertheless, to Glass Castle.
0: And uh, I'm going to blow out uh, with one final new movie here, which is uh, an animated film, and then I'm going to hit a few more anime just to transition from there. Um... Actually, you know what? I'm gonna do. Yeah, uh, Tim just handed me uh, t- some TV animation, so let let me hit the animation things here and uh, and knock out a little bit of this. Uh, nut Job Two, nutty by nature. Stay away. Not funny. The the Nut Job One wasn't funny, and uh, this Will is, Arnett, right? Yeah, Will. really we'll, squirly. Catherine Heigl, Jackie Chan does a voice. Maya Rudolph does a voice. It's I mean the voices are cute. I get it. The celebrity casting, and you recognize the voices, but it's just it's just it's. It's not creative. It's the same shtick, you know? It's, uh... The animals don't want to leave the park, and, and uh, uh... There's a whole...
1: It's yeah. all just two adults. You're, you're gonna...
0: You're, you're, they're gonna replace the park with an amusement park, and the animals have to fight to sort of preserve what's theirs, and it becomes very kind of, uh... You know, uh, the, like the Alamo, it just, it's not, it's nothing special. Um, the animation backstory stuff is interesting. There's progression reels, concept art, um, stuff on how they put it together. That's more interesting than the movie, to be honest. Then we also have uh, Batman vs. Two-Face, a DC animated movie. Which is uh, surprisingly really really good. I'm always amazed at how well the DC animated stuff is written, and uh, yet the movies are not quite so well written. They just written. They got to they got to hire these people to to do the movies. They really do. Uh, So this is uh, here's what's wonderful about this is that this is this is animated, but they straight. This is old school Batman. Mm. This is uh, they went and got Adam West, (laughs) the late Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar to reprise their uh their characters from the original television show, Beautiful. so Beautiful. their their voices are here, and it just feels solid it is amazing and as if that's not enough, you know who they went and got to do the voice of two face right. the shat baby <laughs> uh so William shatner <laughs> is Little the vo- shatner. William that's Shatner true. is the voice of two face and is so much fun uh it's really a lot of fun so if you're if you're an old school Batman fan, if you want pot bellied uh Adam West and uh, and holy Burt Ward and Julie Newmar and that just sexy voice that just never quits, um, uh, and then Bill Shatner for crying out loud! Come on, the chat. This is great. This is classic Batman versus Two Face Blu-ray, DVD, and digital combo. You are gonna wanna just watch this over and over. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and then here's what we got: uh, a few more anime. These are uh, these are things that are pretty well established on anime. New volumes of all of them. I'll go through them very very quickly uh dragon ball super part two episodes 14 through 26 uh the whole dragon ball thing i find interesting only because the the hair is is amazing i don't know what they do with their hair i don't know what gel they use but it's it's pretty awesome it just makes it always stand on end uh the mythology here i'm really out of touch with i have not uh, kept up with the dragon ball stuff but it's you know more the same Season 3, Part 1 of D. Gray Man, uh, which is a, a show, this is only on, on DVD, not on Blu-ray. D. Gray Man is basically about a, uh, takes exorcism and turns it into being a superhero. Guy's an exorcist, but that makes him a superhero, and he fights monsters. So, it's basically superhero stuff, uh, you know, in kind of a supernatural guise. Uh, this also has a pretty complicated mythology, but it's easier to access. Even though this is Season 3, I kind of got up to speed fairly quickly uh Ranma uh, this is Ranma half uh 11 episodes on a blu-ray set only 14 original episodes restored plus ova which is uh you know the uh the stuff that was never aired on television and um this is this is uh, you know classic anime and it is uh um, not necessarily my speed it's very I don't know, the the animation's a little bit dated, but uh, it has a following, so I'm not going to not recommend it to people that love it. Uh, Bleach, set three, Shonen Jump Bleach. Uh, This is episodes 56 to 83. Honestly, if you are not already caught up on, you know, Soul Reapers and the whole world of Bleach, I I can't help you. But if you are caught up on it, hell of a great bunch of animation. Uh, Bleach is a really, really nicely put together show. Uh Hunter by Hunter volume 3 this is uh, a four disc set which is um I I keep kind of fighting with myself over whether I like this like it's it's similar animation to uh to uh sh- to Dragon Ball but it's yet better and it's not it doesn't feel as kind of two dimensional it's a little little more solid a little richer uh it's still kind of dated in terms of the uh the st- the, the, the writing and the storytelling but um, you know it's uh, it's got a cool look so I'm uh, I'm not going to not recommend that either and then lastly good old reliable Pokemon this is Pokemon the series XYZ 24 episodes from the first installment of this only on DVD not on Blu-ray and uh, you don't really need to understand the Pokemon world to sort of enjoy this it just it's it's silly and it's juvenile and it's made for kids and I'm not going to show it to my daughter just yet but I'm sure she'll love it at a certain point and drive me crazy Anyway, much as I want to hate Pokemon, Pokemon the Series XYZ really does have kind of a sweet charm to it. So, there it is. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, what do you want to go from here? You Let's, wanna, uh, uh shall so we hit some TV?
1: Uh, I got some old school TV. Well, it's not yeah. all old school TV. Some of it's old school TV, but not all of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, sitting here, including uh, DC Follies, uh, the complete series, the Fred Will Willett series. Most yeah. people are from the middle 80s. Yeah. Uh, uh, so this is the complete series, which uh, is forty-four episodes. Believe it or not, wow. I, remember, I remember this from that, the Eighties. I didn't. 80s. I, didn't re- I thought that thing was canceled I, instantly. I think I watched three, and I didn't think there were any all more right. than that. Who knew that there were forty-four of yeah. these? Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, it, it is kind of a neat series. As all you, you, you have sort of a. Uh, throwback to that period in the middle '80s. It's a lot of politics going on. Mil- the yeah. middle '80s was uh, yeah. sort of like a Republican. Uh, what we what what we comically now call right wing <laughs> politics. Now we realize that that wasn't even close to right wing politics. It's all through the looking glass. It's now. all a matter mm-hmm. of perspective. Anyway, there are Muppets and puppets and all kinds of stuff that are in this uh, uh, that are in this series with Fred Willard, um, who, if I'm not mistaken, was. Not, didn't Fred have yeah he day? had a moment yeah he
0: he yeah he had a moment with uh, a little indiscretion a, little a few something. years back yeah, yeah he no, did yeah, anyway, yeah sorry about that Fred
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping I was wrong anyway the complete series DC Follies yeah kind of neat
0: Fred Fred's indiscretion as I recall was uh was fairly innocent it wasn't uh but maybe along we the looked...
1: line of that sort of uh P, paul rubin P, yeah. paul rubin sort of deal yeah. uh because he, he had a moment too but yeah. it was you know whatever oh, it's funny how quaint all of that seems now yeah right george michael his thing with My the in, in the bathroom in beverly hills some 20-25 yeah. years ago Good grief. all quite incredibly quaint
0: in uh, complete first season of The Crown is out on Blu-ray, and uh, this thing won the Golden Globe for Best TV Drama Series, very deservedly. This is some of the best television there has ever been. This is an amazing, amazing show. Uh, Peter Morgan, who is one of the best screenwriters around, you can read—I I listed him on my uh, piece on Cinegods.com. Uh, created the show. It's just fantastic. Uh, I'm a big Matt st- Smith fan. Of Stephen course. Stephen Daldry uh, directs this, just brilliantly. Who, of course, did things like you know. The Hours and Billy Elliot, um, and this is all the true the true story of Queen Elizabeth, uh, you know, and her her young, her how she became queen and all that stuff. You know, it's the the youth and the life of Queen Elizabeth and uh, Prince Philip and Churchill is in this, played beautifully by um, John Lithgow, and it's just it's just such a good show and well, it's an expensive show, but it's se- wonderful. About
1: that show, about the series, is that they are playing the love story between that's the it and the queen. yeah it's a love story it is. they were actually in love yeah. uh, you know, so many of those European, they were actually also cousins they are yeah they yeah. were cousins uh, and they yeah. are <laughs> They still are it was, yeah. thus why that family has <laughs> that chin um uh but you know that, that notwithstanding yeah well, I, I like that they that that it's not the story uh that usually comes out of that it's, True. A, it's an actual love story mm-hmm. and, yep. and it's rather lovely and I, I like it a lot believe it or not folks the family guy Seth MacFarlane. Uh, at all, is creeping up on 20 years old.
0: Gee whiz, has it been around that time?
1: It's creeping up. Uh, premiered oh, premiered in 1998. What I have here is the uh, season 15, uh, uh, 20 episodes on a three-disc set. But yeah, the family guy is creeping up on 20 years old. It's, mad. it's, it's really interesting that some of the longest running television programming right now uh, is animation. We know The Simpsons, yeah. of course. And frankly, if you go way, way back, The Flintstones ran for like Twelve oh, or yeah, thirteen it was, years. Yeah, it did. We, uh, yeah, you know, we, we, we got into the Martian flintstones, yeah. you know, all that, all that, all that <laughs> kind of kazoo. stuff. Kazoo, <laughs> kazoo, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's really interesting to me, and I, you know, all that stuff that spun off from the uh, from the uh, Tracy Ullman show in the in the middle '80s.
0: I'm I am such a nerd. I every once in a while, I will look at somebody and I will go, "Yes, dumb dumb." <laughs> they have no, <laughs> no idea, idea what I'm, it, I'm it, referencing. It's a, it's it's so I'm such an old weirdo. Uh,
1: you, you know, obviously. Uh, anyway, um, you know, all this stuff. But yeah, Family Guy uh, creeping up on this is. Um, this is season 15. Look, what can I say? You, you, either you're a Family Guy fan or you're not. I've always been a sort of hit and miss uh, Family I'm, Guy guy. I like it when I like and it. That's, but, and know. that's
0: why it's great to have your perspective. Because Mark loved that damn show. I just don't get it. I've never. Yeah. The kid with the football head, Stewie, and he's a, he's a grown-up, but he's a I don't. Whatever. We're talking it does, does Doesn't. You know, Although it, I, I've seen snippets of it, of it that people have sent me. And I'm like, all right, that's funny. But I don't know if I can handle it. Kinda it kind of works the
1: same way for me, too. It's like, that was funny. Yeah. But I don't want to sit here for a half an hour. No. Just, you know, no, I'm out of here now.
0: Uh interesting show, series 1. This is an interesting. This is from Acorn, uh part of Acorn TV. The Good Karma Hospital, which if that sounds like the best exotic marigold hotel in a hospital, it's kind of exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh the Good Karma Hotel, uh, the, sorry, the Good Karma Hospital, series 1 um is uh, is kind of like a basically a medical show that's crossed with the uh, Best Exotic Marigold Hotel and um it's got a really really good cast Amanda Redman and Amrita Acharya uh do an amazing job on this they are just really really wonderful in the uh you know the whole idea is that you're running a you know a hospital in India and it just uh, you know it's a very very british show it's very rooted in the colonial relationship between uh england and the british and india and the indians uh but i just i find it really really a very smart show really nicely written good performances and an unusual backdrop it just isn't the kind of thing you normally see from a british show anymore so uh highly recommended amanda redmond especially really really good james floyd and neil morrissey also co-star the good karma hospital first series
1: oh man uh, believe it or not, Flipper, the original series, yep, only ran between 1964 and 1967. Yeah, crazy. In my mind, this show ran for ten or because we watched years. it on reruns, reruns forever reruns for yeah. ten or fifteen years. Yeah. But uh, it was only between 1964 and 1967. Um, so this is season three of Flipper, and you, look. Uh, I, I I got it. Brian Kelly, uh, Luke Lapland, Tommy Nord. Those were actors. Those were the actors names who played uh, Porter Ricks and Sandy Ricks and Bud Ricks in the show and then of course you had the Dolphin Flipper uh in the show. And I, I grew up wanting to live in Florida in the Keys. Uh wanting to live on a dock, wanting to have a dolphin uh, because of this <laughs> because of this show. I'm not even sure I knew really what a dolphin was, you know, animal fish. And you know, mammal,
0: fish, the and whole you know thing. I I kept wishing that Gentle Ben and Flipper would have it out. That <laughs> Gentle Ben would just jump in the water and just eat Flipper, so I could only have <laughs> one show with Did an you animal. Have
1: to watch It was a neat show. I really liked it a lot. Uh, there was a, I think a, I think they made a feature, f- or maybe they reprised a series in the middle '90s or something like that. The Flipper series. Um, in any case, this is pretty neat. Uh, the entire complete season three. Uh, all of which is in color. The the entire run of the show was not in color. It sort of switched over the color in the middle of the second season, so this part is in color. Blu-ray.
0: Got a couple from MHZ Networks, mhzchoice.com. Uh, one is uh, yet another installment of Detective Montalbano. This is episodes 29 and 30. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. This is based on some very best-selling uh, Italian mysteries, and uh, it's a really good show. It's tough. It's gritty. It's a great character uh, it's just really really a, a well put together italian show and then we also have um blue eyes which is a swedish show that it's also a uh, this is a um a pretty intense kind of a, a criminal procedural from uh, from sweden who does some really intense stuff and it's the political backdrop of this show that really makes it so kind of gripping and you would think well sweden what goes on in sweden uh, you know, people just eat, eat, what do they drink schnapps and uh, celebrate Midwinter's <laughs> Eve? It's like, why would it? No, remember the uh, the girl with the Gra- dragon tattoo. That that stuff comes yeah. from Sweden. Yeah, they got some pretty intense, dark stuff going on there, at least in their in their psyche. And uh, this is a really this this goes to some pretty dark places, really, really dark places. So um, yeah, don't uh, don't discount Blue Eyes, which is a really, really sharp show from Sweden. And uh stars Louise Peterhoff and Sven Norden or Nordine, and they are all very, very good.
1: Uh I'm so glad you gave me this one, Wade. Uh series ten, uh, part one of Doctor Who, the Pure Peter- a Who Peter- Man. I'm a, I'm I'm ridiculous with the Doctor yeah. Who stuff. I'm a Tom, uh I'm a Tom Baker guy, generally speaking. Uh thus the scarves, people who ever see me with those scarves, Tom did that to me years ago. Um but this is the big I I enjoyed this season, this last season. Of course, in the upcoming season. Of Doctor Who, which I think premieres uh, next month, uh, we're going to have for the first time a
0: female Doctor Who. Uh, which, which was inevitable. Inevitable at and, a certain and, point. And certainly rational. It's been, hasn't it been hinted just, at? I mean, hasn't Doctor Who said at varying points in the show that, that he that has was, been a woman
1: before? Of yeah. Course, yeah the, 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 Tom uh, 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 Baker used to talk about it. Yeah. And I was watching him. I was watching that in the early 80s, but those shows were from the middle 70s. Yeah, and he and and he would and he would talk about uh, his female self. Yeah. Uh and at the time I didn't quite get to the hell he was talking about. Yeah. until it all sort of sunk in. And nevertheless, it took it another thirty years before it actually happened. I like this season though very much. There, um, uh, the the pilot is okay. The great episodes from this season is the part of this part one disc, and it includes Smile and Knock Knock and Oxygen and Extremis. Those episodes are just absolutely outstanding. This also uh, features uh, some inside looks at at the show. I also liked about the show, Pearl Mackey, uh, who played the doctor's companion in the series, um, I I like that Pearl's character in in the show is gay. Her character is gay in the show. Uh, We know that her character is gay in the show. Uh, but n- none of the shows are ever really about her character being gay, you know as uh, she you know if she's she's spitten by a gal and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it shows me that these filmmakers, these producers of this series are very slowly uh, but very assuredly moving forward through all of the little things that have that, that that have been the you know the spots where we get stuck on all of these issues they're just easing their way through them one by one by one until they, until they're going to make them all go away. The next thing, of course, is they're going to have themself, have to have themselves a black doctor. At a certain point, uh, yeah, that's inevitable. Now, now, this is what I would love for that to be. I would love. <laughs> I, I would love it. I would love for the doctor to be uh, an American <laughs> actor uh, playing the doctor with an English accent. That would be fair. there's a reason for that. There's, yeah, like we, we, we 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 want
0: to. We haven't. Well, we have an ongoing discussion about all of the American parts, white, black, and everything else yeah. that we just like. Well, wow, what a great actor! And then we we see an interview with them, and they're always English. They're always
1: English. They're like they're always like, English. like I'm
0: beginning to think that everyone who stars on an American television show as an American is English because we don't have actors anymore. It's
1: a it's a it's a strange thing. And look, I love all these people. I'm not Dan Stevens. All yeah. my they're all wonderful. Not yeah. not poking my. English those th- at those all. three kids from Stranger from, from Things. Stranger Things, you know. But they're all British, and I would, it would be interesting to see that flip. anyway, Doctor Who. fantastic. Yeah. Peter Capaldis, Dr.
0: Who Got some uh, PBS stuff here as well. Uh, some interesting really interesting British uh, television primarily from Pbs. the The Durells in Corfu second season is still very good. The first season was very good, second season's very good. This is based on a series of novels uh, about you know, a family that relocates to a, to a Greek island. And uh, it's a, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit precious, but it's still, it's still, you know, the performances are strong enough that you really do kind of enjoy the adventures along the way. And it has a certain pastoral charm to it. it,
1: It's set in the, what, middle 30s or something like that? Yeah. Which is the part of the charm, I think. And the the way it looks and the clothes and the sensibilities. I really like it a lot.
0: Oh, anything British period in television does does that. And that is part of the charm. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm going to keep recommend the, the Dorals in uh, in Corfu, wonderful Bre- anything on a Greek island for that matter. Um, that's on Blu-ray, and then on DVD also from PBS is L. M. Montgomery's Anne of Green Gables: The Good Stars. This is a Canadian production. Uh, Martin Sheen shows up here; he seems to show up in everything these days. I, you know, I mean, honestly, Anne of Green Gables has been done so many times, so much better it's not offensive it's not terrible it's just it's one of those why yeah yeah why because why they know? had some money and a cute actress to star in it uh the collection part of masterpiece boy this is really uh really really good stuff Richard coyle
1: is just isn't he great
0: man you know he's just one of those uh, you know English act but uh, uh,
1: but just really really I just good
0: want so much more of him uh this just this takes place in 1947 in Paris. And it is a. It uses the fashion industry as a backdrop for, you know, it's it's like Dynasty and Dallas level intrigue. It's just it's it's really really wonderful, and uh, it's essentially what it is. It's just it's like a Dallas Dynasty or even Empire, yeah. uh, The more as, as a yeah. more recent example of one of those shows, uh, set amid the fashion world of 1947 in Paris, and it is it is really really great, terrific cast, um, yeah. Richard Mimi Coyle. Gummer,
1: Mamie Gummer, uh, yeah.
0: Richard Coyle is just so great, and uh, it, it really—it's—it's a, it's a lot of fun. So I—I I hope we see a lot more of this. I think there's a a lot left to explore, and that is from the masterpiece uh, line at PBS, the collection. I love the tagline too. It's not what they're wearing; it's what they're covering up.
1: <laughs> uh, am, right. am I correct? Maybe that's uh, she's a uh, Meryl Streep's daughter, right?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what I thought. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: outcast. Um, the series uh, I have here. Uh, this is the complete season one, four discs includes all ten season episodes. Um, this is this is a really good series too. Um, uh, I have to tell you, um, it's from the creator of the walk, uh, Walking Dead, that guy Robert uh, Robert Kirkman, I think is his name, who created the Walking Dead. Uh, and, um, it's just, it's just an outstanding, it's just an outstanding series, it has to do with a reverend, it has to do with exorcisms, uh, it, it, you know, it, so it's just, you just, it's just really, really good, very reminiscent of, uh, a sort of, we were talking about Amityville a little while ago, so yep. Amityville meets the exorcist sort of thing, in a, in a, Fantastic. know, sort of ongoing series, this young priest has to do a lot of stuff, I don't usually like that kind of stuff. Uh, But I do hear. uh, uh, Not that much on this disc, though. Just your four discs with your episode special features includes a few deleted scenes on disc one and disc two.
0: All right, and i got a little pile of classics here that I'm going to turn through real quickly so that we can try to get a mention of some foreign films in. Uh, A couple of really interesting criterions. The first one is from 1985, a movie I had never heard of. Uh, you know, I wasn't living in the United States in 1985, so i it's no surprise that I've never heard of it. But, you know, uh, I, I should have heard of it because it's really, really interesting. It's called Desert Hearts, directed oh. by Donna Dietz. Yeah. Have you seen this? Yes, I saw this that
1: back is, in 1985.
0: This is a really, really cool little indie 90, period film set in 1959. A, a young Helen Shaver yep. is in that movie. Yes, uh, who was Patricia that? Charbonneau. Yeah. Um, this is a really cool movie. Donna Dietz, you know, her first film, and um, it's a it's a a really this was like one of the early indie films of the time, and it kind of feels to me a, like it prefigures. Um, not only Thelma and Louise in many respects, but also um, Todd Haynes' Carol from a few years ago. Yes, yes. Which uh, it it has many of the same sort of, and and I wouldn't be surprised if if Todd Haynes had seen this and if this was some kind of an influence on it. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, Helen Shaver is terrific. Uh, Patricia Charbonneau is fantastic.
1: If you you go to Patricia Charbonneau's, uh, IMDb, you will, the poster for Desert Hearts is what she uses as a photograph.
0: And, and what's, what's interesting is this is, this was uh, the, the young cinematographer doing this in 1985 was Robert Elswit. Oh, really? Yes. Who, of course, has gone on to being, you know, yeah, multi-Oscar-nominated, yeah. uh, amazing cinematographer for? Yes, uh,
1: he, he, he has. a couple of films out there right about now. Yeah. if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, it's so, a really neat movie. Uh, it's true. One of those sort of like little faux lesbian yeah, sort it's, of it's, things.
0: But it's really it's a it's a sharp little movie. Uh, Desert Hearts, and uh, you know, a lot of interesting extras here. Uh, Robert shot
1: There will be blood. Yep. Uh, if you want to talk about you know this extraordinary, uh, there's
0: a there's film. a documentary here from 1994 uh, all about the author of the original 1964 novel that the uh, the movie is based on, uh, conversation between Jane Lynch and uh, the director, new interviews with the stars, audio commentary that uh, Donna Deitch did in 2007 is on here as well. So I mean this is uh, it's a sharp little movie, and then also. Uh, from the Criterion Collection is a new beautiful Blu-ray of The Philadelphia Story the ah. George Cukor classic from 1940 which put together Cary Grant Katherine Hepburn and James Stewart in one of the all-time most entertaining team-ups uh, in movie history it is just a delight to watch this movie it is so smart so fast so funny um, oh the dialogue just flies and it's just it's a really really great and, and nobody really outshines anyone else yeah they all make each other better it's just perfect Uh, it's really one of the most perfect they were poly- all
1: already movie stars by then right? oh yeah I mean I know oh, yeah. Grant,
0: oh yeah 1940 <laughs> Yeah, they were all really uh, already top of their game so this is just uh, this is terrific um and uh, lots of extras here as well, including a Dick Cavett show from 1973 featuring uh, Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> I which talk I about you, Dick Cavett all the we time. Were, we were talking about that earlier. And uh, there's even a, a Lux Radio Theater adaptation from 1943 that had an introduction by Cecil B. DeMille, which is really weird. Um, but anyway, beautifully restored from uh, 4K elements. And uh, you even get a little in, uh, restoration introduction here, kind of a little featurette that shows how they did the restoration. Uh, This is just a great movie, one of the greatest all-time films, so Criterion, kudos once again. And then also out we have uh, F.W. Murnau's The Last Laugh on Blu-ray from uh, Kino with a new musical score. Uh this is a this is a super super cool movie from 1924 uh oh, one Jennings of, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just this is this is one of the sort of one of the last great german silence before everything kind of uh went to hell over there but it's uh, Emil Jannings is just great Emil Jannings won like the first two won, academy yeah, yeah. first two just, academy awards for best actor or yeah. something like that you know yeah. um, sunset and something else right? yeah it's just so so fantastic and he's so different here such a different performance um, but yeah, the idea here is you know it's, it's all. This is a very class-conscious film, especially for Weimar cinema, with uh, Jannings as a as a doorman who uh, is fired and uh, what that does to his life. It's really it's quite it's extraordinary. Status in
1: society. And oh, it's
0: yeah. great. The uh, the last laugh is it's called, and it's a beautiful transfer it comes from the original uh, from the Murnau people in uh, in Germany. And then we've also got uh, volume two of the Paul Nashi collection. Uh, that's just a lot of really great schlock. If you uh, if you if you aren't familiar with Paul Naschy, Paul Naschy's real name was Jacinto Molina Alvarez. He was basically a Spanish schlock, uh, schlockmeister, and uh, his, his his performances are you know he he basically did what all the all the horror guys did in the 1930s. Here he just played a lot of monsters, and it's all really great. Hunchback of the Morgue, Exorcism, Werewolf, and the Yeti. Dragonfly for each corpse, the devil's possessed. Uh, if you it's like this guy,
1: conceived kind of... universal monsters to one extent uh, or it's another. It's like
0: Universal and Hammer done yeah. Spanish style. And then, uh, real quickly, three from the Warner Archive Collection. All of them DVDRs, manufacture on demand (MOD). Uh, they are all perfectly fine. These are these are not brilliant films. They are all basically pre-code. Um, uh, they're, you know, they, these are these are early talkies, pre-code movies that have some interest for people that like pre-code movies that like to see some of what was available before the. Production code started stomping all over everybody. So uh, it's a wonderful trio. Uh, Stage mother, wide open, and she had to say yes. I would say the best of the three is she had to say yes because that title wouldn't even have been allowed once the code took place. Uh, She had to say yes, you know, really kind of a risque title. And um, a very young Loretta Young does a very, very good job in it. Four co-directors, George Amy. And a young Busby Berkeley. Wow. Yeah. So
1: yeah, yeah, very interesting. Uh, were we gonna try to knock off one or two of the? Yeah, uh, let's do let's
0: do some of the let's do some of the uh the foreign. Let's try to get through a few foreigns. and uh, we'll, the we'll funeral parade the uh, funeral parade of roses.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll I'll start with that. Uh, Toshio Matsumoto. Uh, basically, this is uh, Oedipus Rex, is what it is, with transvestite Japanese girls or men or girls or whatever, is what we're saying. Uh, uh, that's effectively what it is. 1969 film, um, a fantastic film. Um, Uh, avant-garde shorts here. Special features include a 4K restoration uh, from the original 35mm negative. It's a a, a beautifully, beautifully restored film. This is an absolutely beautiful film. Uh, Incredibly apropos, and frankly, uh, quite quite avant-garde for its time. Fairly avant-garde right now, uh, to the extent of it. It's uh, 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 transvestites in Japan in in the
0: late 60s. One of them He kills his mother. (laughs) Wow. Um, We've got some good old French stuff here. Another criterion: Jean-Pierre Melville's *Le Samurai* with Alain Delon, which is one of the all-time great gangster movies. Uh, Alain Delon as a uh, as a hitman, fantastic. Um, Not really about samurai. The idea is that the French hitman is like a samurai, that the code of a
1: Ronin samurai. Yeah,
0: it is. uh, It's really really great stuff. This is from 1967, right when you know the French New Wave was really hitting their stride, and Melville kept making his kind of movies, and the French New Wave people loved him for it. They didn't. Him to be anything like them. Uh, you even get John Woo weighing in here on the extras, uh, about what an influence Melville was on him. Archival interviews with uh, Alain Delon and Nath- Nathalie Delon, and uh, it's just really wonderful stuff. Plus, Melville
1: 2000- influenced a lot of those. Oh, he's a little bit older, he was yeah. a little bit older than the new wave guys. Yeah, okay. um. And, and, and thus, because when we think about the New Way guys, we think yeah. about them being influenced by all those American uh, yeah. filmmakers,
0: Ford, and all these kinds of people. But Melville, too. But Melville, yeah. and,
1: and a few of the older, sort of French directors, had a great influence on them.
0: And, uh, speaking of them, we have a couple of Godard films as well, which come from Kino. Uh, La Chinoise, and Le Gay Savoir. I, I, both of them have Jean-Pierre Léo, who's well, most French films in, from the era had Jean-Pierre Léo, and but uh, uh and and juliette berto uh i i have to be honest i'm i'm not fond of either of these i'm not really a huge G- uh Godard fan to begin with but um i will say this visually both of these are spectacular and the transfers are really really superb these were made in 1967 for la chinoise 69 for Le gay savoir um and uh you know, if you're a guitar fan, these are essential to have. If you're not a guitar fan, you're not really going to want to see them and it, and it pretty much goes like that. A lot of bonus features here, uh including an audio commentary by Adrian Martin uh on the uh on the gay savoir and um some really other in, you know in, interesting interviews as well on uh, la chinoise. So uh, for guitar fans, that's a nice twofer. uh
1: Hermia, Hermia and Helen. Argentine film. It's a beautiful film uh, from Kino Lorber uh, here. It's it, 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 this is this is a film uh, from uh, director Matias Pinero, uh, who directed a film called *The Princess of France*. This is about a young woman who travels to New York to do an adaptation of Shakespeare's *Midsummer Night's* uh, *Midsummer Night's* uh, Dream*. Sweet. Uh, and uh, it, 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 it involves these sort of mysterious postcards that start, uh, and, and, this, and this woman she meets, and it's just so. So beautiful, uh, this movie. And it's beautifully shot, too. Um, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, I, I had, frankly, forgotten about it until I just picked it up a second ago. I, I saw this movie about a year ago, and I had completely forgotten about it until I picked it up a moment ago. Anyway, bonus features. Audio commentary with the writer-director, Mateus Pinheiro, and the producer, uh, Graham Swone. A booklet uh, with an essay uh by actor and director Dan salad um it, it's in, in a few short films that uh, Pinero made as well and uh anyway um yeah wow I Completely for you, it's weird how you can completely forget about a film, whole and complete, and then it smacks you in the face. Yeah. And I re- remember how much I love this movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and I'm going to knock off the last four here, and then we're going to call the show a quit until next week. Uh, Federico Fellini's The Voice of the Moon, his final film, starring Roberto Benigni, is out in a DVD and Blu-ray edition from Arrow Academy, and it's really a sweet kind of a. I mean, it's a wonderful film to go out on. He never intended it for it to be his last film, but it wound up being his last film. 1990. Uh, it's adapted from a novel and uh it's basically the kind of um it's 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 a little bit like la Strada. it's a similar kind of a romance as la Strada, maybe a little bit more in inverse but set against more of his his um, the his later films kind of a fantastical backdrop it has a little bit more of a like a like i guess a, an amar cord feel to it um but anyway roberto benini is uh, a guy who just got out of the asylum, and he's desperately in love with this woman played by Nadia Ottaviani. And um, it is essentially about that courtship, about that uh, With that a band courting. of these
1: sort of goofy people. It, yeah, yeah, with
0: this, with the usual kind of carnival-like uh, yeah. accompaniment. It's just a, it's a really, really sweet film. It's a lovely film. And uh, then we also have A Woman's Life by Stéphane Brisé who I had the great privilege of moderating an event with at, uh, at the recent Colcoa. Uh, this is based on Une Vie, A Life by Guy de Maupassant. And it's a, it's a really a fascinating adaptation because it's not, you know, if you know Stéphane Brisé's work, I mean, his movies are usually very contemporary, very kind of ultra-realistic, not really visually very flashy. And he brings those same sensibilities to a period adaptation of Guy de Maupassant. And it feels very stark and uh, different from any period film I've ever seen before. It's very, very almost upsetting, which suits the story. Uh, You know, this is right in there with all of those other 19th century movies uh, and stories like, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Madame Bovary. Ah. People whose lives just go completely off the rails Mm. because they make the wrong choices. So
1: Yeah, in society. In In society, all
0: of those. Don't run afoul of society, so... Really quite a powerful film. Highly recommended. That's from Kino Lorber on Blu-ray. And uh, then the last two, Andrzej Wajda's final film, After Image, uh, the, which was Poland's official submission for the 89th Academy Awards, did not get nominated. But uh, this is also a really powerful movie about um, Vladis, uh, Z- Vladislav Straminski, who was a famed Polish painter who was essentially ostracized by the entire community because he opposed Stalin. And his work, his artwork, was was considered uh, almost pornographic. It well, was he didn't.
1: A, he wasn't into social realism. No, he was. He was, didn't he want was to, kind he of didn't an want avant garde. paint guard. all that stuff of you know big giant Russians yeah. with hammers and sickles.
0: And he wound up having to be, basically do murals for advertising companies and things. You know, he he was almost in poverty at the end. And uh, the amazing thing about this is that he was missing one arm and one leg. Yeah. And uh, an incredible man, an incredible uh, testament uh, to the human spirit and a, a wonderful, wonderful tribute to him. Uh, this includes a 95-minute documentary, *Vida* by *Vida*, where um, he just walks us through his approach to filmmaking. Uh, one of the great all-time directors ever. That's on Blu-ray. After Image. highly, highly recommended. And then the last one, One Week in a Day, uh, an Israeli film from Oscilloscope by Asaf Polanski. Uh, which is all about the mourning period after someone has passed, and um, a a husband and wife who uh, how they are coping in very different ways after the death of their son, and um, it is uh, it's it's a it's a small film. It's not a really consequential film. Very but it's, quiet. It's very quiet. It's very interesting. Uh, has a commentary by Polanski, which fills in a lot of the blanks that the film might not. But um, and then also an interview with him. It's uh, it's a good film. It's a really good film, and especially in terms of dealing with the issue of grief, even if you're not familiar with this particular practice in uh, in Jewish custom. um, Just the subject of grief is well dealt with in the film. So that's it. All right, man. Tim, we are done this week. That was a whirlwind. Next week. Email us, gods at digigods.com. We didn't get to our Vox Box this week. It was a, it was a whirlwind, so we're going to hold that Vox Box for two weeks, and uh, we'll bring that back uh, the week. Uh, well, it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be December. It'll still be relevant. So we'll hit that Vox Box uh, when we come back after our voting. Next week, it'll be our holiday show. Mm-hmm. Uh, gods at Send us your emails, your questions, your Vox Boxes. Visit us at cinegods.com. Visit the out. site yeah. and go to the do, Facebook page. You
1: have a... Do you have, yeah, let's see, what are you writing? I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be posting a piece... On Mudbound, okay, uh, and I think I might write a piece for Roman J Israel. Two two top-notch movies uh, creeping up on us.
0: Terrific, yeah. and uh, we've got some good reviews up there. I just did uh, Orient Express. Yes, yes, and, yes. You uh, talked about it today on the show too. I did, think. I did. So, and I'll uh, I got a few other things I'll see this week once the screeners start pouring in. We'll we'll divvy them up and we'll get a lot of reviews <laughs> up there. So, thank you everybody. We'll see you next week. All right.